like for me, a personal burden I place on myself is to not bother other people or disrupt their own lives. And so I take that on myself. So that's my burden and that's not sustainable long term. So if I remove that thought and that burden, then I'm just making it a lot easier. Hola chicas, I'm Consuelo Crosby, born with both sides of my brain fighting for attention, structural engineer and creative, mother and mentor, center of any spontaneous fiesta, if I've had my morning latte. I give it all to being a first-generation Peruvian badass chica. So grateful you're here today, wanting to shed that armor, relax into your truth, pick up your salsa step, tune out what's getting to you, and be lifted from goddesses of generations past that taught us to live life large and out loud. Because we're not blending in. Life links. Knowledge you didn't even know you had to be the badass chica you were born to be. Hola, chicas. Welcome to another episode of Lifelinks Podcast. In preparation for tomorrow being Thanksgiving, and hopefully the podcast episode gets heard while you're just lounging around in your turkey pants, the stretchies, the Joey pants. <laughs> Today, we have a very special guest, a live guest. You hear not only me, but the person sitting next to me, Olivia DiCessi from Santa Monica, California. Welcome. So nice to have you here. Hi. Thanks for having me. Feels so special. You are my first live guest. Wow. How does that feel? That is a resume booster right there. Exactly. I almost see you as a co-host rather than a guest. I would like to be a co-host. You can be my wingman. Maybe I'll be like a part-time co-host. Right? Yeah, I like that. See? Getting the Northern California vibes with the Southern California vibes. Bringing the whole state together. I think this is a first. Right? Yeah. We'll be the bridge. I like it. We understand it. Yes, I will be co-host. Oh, awesome. Okay, that was easy. Did you see how that interview process went, people? That's how it should be, right? No resume. I know you. I feel you. You're 28 years old, and you are well along in your career of public relations for a large company. Did you see that happening, or did you not understand it could happen? I think that was pretty much in my five-year idea of a plan that building relationships with people was important to me and turning a career out of it is important to me. I also grew up doing musicals and singing and dancing and performing. And so I think the idea of putting on a show or presenting a finished piece to an audience, bringing it to life in a way that is fresh and new and different led me to my career path. That was always really interesting to me versus being in a siloed career where it was more technical. That was just engineering. (laughs) Engineering. Although that's what made me totally different. Yes. Right. A very chatty engineer and a female in heels and short skirts. Yeah, that didn't show up very often. I was very popular. Today's episode was literally prompted and titled by Dejanay. Shout out to Dejanay out there. He was my angel drop last week. He was so gracious in striking up conversation with me and talking about what's going on. What do we want? He has his 
immediate future in action. I tell you, Dejeuner, I want to be invited to that housewarming party. I got to stay on his good side. It's going to happen. All my good energy is going out to him. Stay safe on that road. Make it happen. We're going to be there at the housewarming party. When I said I had a podcast, he was all excited. He had so graciously looked up the podcast and followed me. Amazing. Subscribed. Amazing. Nice. Such a nice man. I asked him, what should the title of the next episode be? And he's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I said, come on, if you're going to listen, what's the title going to be? And he thought about it for a while, which I really appreciate as well. Yeah. He took it seriously. And his idea was this. The future. What's in store? I like how he just casually had this perfect title ready to go. Right? Mr. Creative. He's Mr. Technology, Mr. Creative, all in one. Super happy man. And that was a really powerful question. It made me stop and think about it for a week now. Well, what is in store? Because unless you're like godly, I don't think anybody saw what was coming in 2020. No. (laughs) Or this year. Did anyone have that in their planner? Oh, March 16th, shut down for 18 months while we all fight a pandemic. Ready? No one saw that coming. Unprecedented was going to be the word of the year in 2020. (laughs) If we could go back in time, that's what we would change. We've got to stop doing that, though. That's the whole point of having this question. Thinking forward, thinking to the future. What's in store? Olivia, as a person from the millennial generation, let's talk future. How much do you really plan on your future? Hmm. I plan a lot more than I know that I should. So I think when people talk about the future, there's an obvious knowledge that you can't plan your life because there's always unexpected events that happen, people you never thought you were going to meet. You don't know how people are going to intersect and change your life. You don't know what's going to interest you in three years versus eight years versus 30 years. And in my immediate future, like day to day. How long's immediate? Like this week? The next three days. Yeah. Okay. This week. Mm. I used to plan a lot more than I do now. I used to look at each day and say, I'm going to eat this, work out. This is what's on my agenda, like pretty intensely. And I stopped doing that because I think life just got too crazy. And mm. I don't spend time of my current day stay as much less for better or for worse and my when it comes to planning for the future I'm thinking a lot about like the next five years because I think I'm in that almost 30 life stage of like okay this is kind of the next chapter of life it's like bigger things that haven't been as much a, a concentration in your 20s because you're just kind of start trying to get your feet on the ground so I would say I think about those things a lot, but just because I think about them is different from planning for them. So I think about them more financial versus more visionary. And I think I want to do more visionary than just financial. Because when I think about planning my future and all I'm thinking about is how much money do I need or how much is this going to cost and what do I need to do to get there? 
then I'm losing the excitement of, well, what do you want your life to look like versus what do you feel like it needs to be? And so I think the word planning equates to linear logistics versus thinking creatively or being a visionary or thinking in an abstract way. That doesn't equate to planning to me. So there's sort of oh, different areas. That's a good concept. Planning is logistics and linear thinking versus making it creative. Looking at your future more like, well, what do I envision myself doing? Where am I going to be living? What kind of lifestyle do I want? It's funny you say five years because I haven't done that episode yet, but I call that life chunks. Five years is a good life chunk to consider because I feel like it takes five years to make it happen. Yes. Yeah. So if you're not thinking about it and moving into planning for it, it's going to take five years anyway. Right. This is a vision for yourself of what you want, how you frame yourself in what could be your future in five years. How much of the outside world comes into that planning? How much of the outside world comes into play when you are visioning your future? It's an interesting question. Congratulations, by the way. You already have some of this vision in play with your new engagement. Thank you. And that bling ring that keeps glaring off the sun coming in. She's beautiful. Thank you for bringing her here. The things that happen when you can interview in person. <laughs> so you already are engaged. You're planning to be married. What else is in that five-year vision? Give me one more thing. Just one more thing. I don't know why this is top of mind for me, but a house is just out there. I think it's heavily impacted by the pandemic mm -hmm. and there's so much chaos all the time. And the idea of having a stable place to come home to that is yours and also kind of tapping into that visionary creative self of like, how can I make this my own space without the constant feeling of temporary in the background is really comforting. Does that help soothe the anxiety that the intensity of work tends to drive up? I think so. I think just having something else to balance it out. There's something about an apartment that is just constantly temporary and mm. feels short term. How much relative to buying a home do you think about what the future is going to do? Like, how are people going to be acting? How's the economy going to be acting? How are businesses going to be acting? If everyone's going remote or, you know, like 70%, 60% of the population is going to work remote, how does that impact your future? Mm. I, I definitely think about all of those things a lot. I think that folds back into the planning is mm. all of those external factors is, well, we're not going to know what X, Y, and Z is going to be. That's when you lose the visionary and the creativity and the excitement because mm. you're always thinking about, well, what could get in the way versus how do we create space or how do we make something happen out of what we have? Mm -hmm. so I think it's a different mindset mm -hmm. you have to take on and it can probably apply to everything in your future and all areas of your life of 
There's always going to be things in the way. There's always going to be things that happen very unexpectedly that you just can't plan for. So how do you shift your mindset to thinking about what can we create or what can we make or what can we do with all of that in place versus now we can't do this because this place. Right. I hear you. So in that unknown of the future, we can make some guesses. We can't predict it. We don't have an unknown that's actually going to happen relative to ourselves, relative to other people that come into our lives. Nothing. It's, it's pretty vague. But developing yourself to be able to roll with those unexpected and not to lose your plan for yourself, not to lose your vision for yourself just because something doesn't happen or something does happen. So I call it the six scenarios. I run scenarios through my head constantly, not as a way to try and control life or control what might happen, but just more to assess myself. Am I prepared for this? Just me personally, not can I control it with what I have, but what if this happens? What if that happens? What we saw in the pandemic is no one was prepared for any change, unexpected change in how we were living. We all got the consequence of poor supply chain. I think we've all reassessed our supply chain relative to us. Like, hmm, I think I'm going to only shop locally, small. If they have it, they have it. If they don't, I shouldn't expect it to be there mentality. What if we took the idea of supply chain personal relative to ourselves? Are you personally well-stocked for the unexpected? My first thought is I am not well-stocked and expected. <laughs> and I think because I don't feel fully balanced right now, when I think of all the areas of my life, health, physical health, emotional health, mental health, spiritual health, like all of these different facets that make you feel balanced in whatever way it does for you. And so if I don't feel balanced, because as we were talking about earlier, this year has been a lot <laughs> in many ways and good ways, because I haven't had a chance to regain my grounding and just pause for a second and have that moment of restocking. I don't think I am fully stocked for the unexpected. For me, in order to feel that way, it is a lot of emotional groundedness. I think is really important because then you can take on anything. It doesn't really matter what it is and it may deplete you, but at least you're fully stocked in that way. So that even if something gets hard, you aren't already depleted and then at that point, you just can't do anything. So it's that prepared, preventative feeling of, okay, I'm good. Something can happen, but I'm ready to take it on versus I am so exhausted, stressed. I don't even have a second for myself. And then something happens. Right. Or like, I just tap out. Cannot. So when it comes to yourself, to be well-stocked emotionally, 
that's your key to being prepared for the unknowns of the future, the unexpected. But knowing you could handle it if you are well-stocked emotionally, how far away in your supply chain is that restock? Is it something you can take on yourself or is it something you have to reach out to others for? Something I have been thinking about a lot lately is I often think I need to take it on myself without acknowledging all the other people in my life and how they can help and leaning on friends for one thing and family for another and actual third-party resources like a therapist or whatever it may be to bring me to that place or a doctor like all of these different people that are experts in their own right whether certified or not and letting them do their job or letting them bring their expertise because they can and because it's what they're good at rather than me thinking that I need to figure out that expertise in order to feel better. So that's something that I've been thinking about a lot because it's going to take more effort for me to try and figure it all out and then to also feel better rather than, oh, how do I lean on this person for this and this person for this? Oh, okay. I actually put out a little bit of effort, but I feel a lot better. Knowing that there's other people in your life already or that you may realize oh I'm kind of low on the supply chain outside of myself and I need to find other people to fill this supply for me so that I know I can trust both what they have to offer and their availability and how far away they are accessibility is really key we found out relative to how quickly we can get to something we need yes And I think everyone has their own burden or something that gets in their way in order to get there. Like for me, a personal burden I place on myself is to not bother other people or disrupt their own lives. And so I take that on myself. So that's my burden and that's not sustainable long-term. So if I remove that thought and that burden, then I'm just making it a lot easier. It's hard to ask for help. I think for young men, it's very difficult to ask for help because they get chided in a different way for not knowing. Like, you know, be a man. You should know this. And it's equally hard for young women because then it fits the stereotype of, you see, you don't know anything. That could be a big additional blocking mechanism for reaching out for help and feeling like, We're not good enough if we need help, Mm. which is a horrible thing that this system has placed on everybody equally. You're not encouraged to ask for help. You're not encouraged to ask for help. And it's interesting because I feel like we are encouraged to be curious. And asking for help in a way is being curious because you're saying, I don't know, Mm -hmm. but I'm curious to know or I'm curious to explore what other options could be. So I think if we view it in that way versus I don't have this and that means I'm wrong or a failure or whatever it Mm -hmm. be. I can't have it because I don't know how and it gets taken off your vision, right? Yes. Interesting. I love it. So going forward, I wonder how many people have thought, where are my people? I want to take that into a direction 
a little bit because it is people that we are in need of. And I think that became really clearly obvious during the pandemic. To be suddenly cut off from humanity was not a healthy thing. It was not healthy for us. We need human contact still. And yet with Meta promoting more of isolation, of going away from people and into this alter universe, there seems to be a split coming in your future of who's going to head inwardly and who's going to be out there still seeking human contact. My husband calls them pod people. Who's going to go into the pod? Not the podcast, just the pod. I'm here. I'm live. I'm not in the pod. <laughs> I'm having guest hosts in person, not over Zoom. It seems that this metaverse is on some people's plan for their future. And they're not going to be present to be part of the supply chain for people. How do you compensate for that? How does that fit? I think that is probably, like you said, in your DNA, it's probably what you are wired to feel and to do and to need in order to feel fulfilled. So even if all of these things come into the world that might make us internalize, 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 mm-hmm. if you're not hardwired to feel fulfilled and nourished in that way, mm-hmm. you're always going to feel like something's off. Mm-hmm. And so you may need to get yourself back out there into the real world and into human connections in a way that's present, which I feel that even with COVID and things over Zoom and parties over Zoom. And work. And work. work. You don't even have human contact at work anymore. Yes. Like I know that I need to be out there almost, quote unquote, in the field in real life in order to feel fulfilled. And yeah, I crave it. Like I can't live that way. Stay isolated. Stay isolated. We need to keep the human contact. For myself, I'm looking at my friends tending to go internal in the sense of it's me and my husband or it's me and my kids. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, that's how I'm planning for my future. My friends are turning into an older version of pod life. And there's a younger version of pod life on my other bookend. It's like, okay, I need to find the friends that need friends. Like love a spontaneous party, want a fiesta on any given moment, not like scheduled. Yeah. And I think that comes back to the theme of curiosity and vision for your future is if you don't build in time for the unexpected moments and the spontaneity and not turning inward because that's what you know, but turning outward Mm. because it's what you don't know, then you do create room for a future that can be exciting and different and feel prepared for the unexpected because that's just how everything is at that point. Rather than turning inward because it's what you know, because it's comfortable, and then something unexpected happens and it feels like a threat. Ooh. That's the worst. You're unprepared. And you haven't developed relationship with others to help you out in it. It becomes very chaotic and unnecessary. And unnecessary. So it's another part to consider as you go into your futures. Who's going to be in my future life? What type of person am I going to need in my future life? 
this happened a lot for me personally when I was young. I did not have people that would support me when I saw my future life of what I wanted, of wanting to get there. Unless it was something they were comfortable with or knew how to do, they couldn't support me in it. They would think, well, why do you want to do that? Why do you have to be that way? And that makes you feel pretty isolated. How do you find the people that are going to be in your future life? Like intentionally, you want them in your future life. I don't know if that's something you can plan for. And I think in planning for it, you almost lose what you need now. Mm. So you're always trying to stock up for what we're going to need in five years. Well, at what point are we paying attention to what we need now? Five years ago, I would not have thought, oh, I need this type of person in my life. I mean, Mm -hmm. five years ago, I met my fiance, Phil. I couldn't have planned for that. You know, I couldn't have planned for, oh, this is where I'm going to be in five years and this is what I'm going to need. or This is what's going to make me feel fulfilled. No pun intended. Fulfilled. Fulfilled. I should have that on my system. Yeah. (laughs) It's great to keep in mind of how relationships do change and Mm. when it is time to make new relationships or let go of other relationships or just be okay with the fact that they've changed, but hold on to them in a small amount of way. Mm. What you need to do, yeah, all or nothing. Be the consistency in your own relationships Mm. with allowing other people to come and go or ebb and flow as they need. Oh, I like that. That's powerful. I call it salsa dancing. Salsa dance. Hey, you're getting in my space. I'm going to go over here a little bit. Oh, you're moved. I'm going back. Don't step on my toes. Don't give me a bump. Once you get better and better at being yourself with incoming chaos, you tend not to crash into it anymore. How would people start developing that sense of letting go, of not trying to plan everything, of not having FOMO feels, of not feeling like they're being left out or they're being left behind. How do you balance staying present and being good with the unknown so that you're not afraid of controlling your life for the future? I would love to know. (laughs) (laughs) Please tell me. Where do you find your peace with that? For me, planning comes into kind of the same realm of people-pleasing. And I don't consider myself a people-pleaser. I care about making strong relationships. Mm. So maybe there's an element of people-pleasing in that. But in terms of needing to feel good because I need people to like me, that's not a mindset that I have. But in terms of developing strong relationships, I care a lot about that. So it's almost like I'm more worried about being unprepared than I am worried about the unknown. Is prepared being emotionally fulfilled? No, I don't think it is emotionally fulfilling. I think it's mentally fulfilling because I feel organized, but I think my own emotional fulfillment does come from that feeling of letting go and just doing what I feel like I need in the moment versus what I think I need to be doing. Ooh, that's a powerful one there. Right. And leaving space in your day for others. Yes. For others to casually reach out and to re-engage relationship off a planner. To not plan people in your life, but feel that you have opportunity to engage with people just because you're out getting your coffee or going for a walk or making that your point of contact for people 
in building relationship. Because like you said earlier, it's like you never know who's going to come into your life, how they're going to come into your life. They're not always networked into your life or family brought into your life. There's déjeuner, angel drop. I call them angel drops because they're totally unexpected and it's just what you need in that moment. Powerful. You and your generation, the Gen Zs and whoever comes after are going to keep changing humanity. This is going to be in a learning stream a hundred years from now, what you're doing now. And that's a little stressful, a little pressure. It's a lot of humanity on your shoulders. So I see this question out there a lot. I don't like it. It's not just coming from older people. It's coming from very young people. This question of what would I tell my younger self? It's almost stay curious is enough for what would you tell your younger self? Because I see a lot of responses bordering on regret. It's as though if you had planned your future well enough, this wouldn't be a question in your older life. I think that comes back to this whole topic of embracing the unknown. It's not about doing everything you need to do when you're young in order to get to where you want to be when you're old. Like that's all part of the journey. So if you had done something different when you were younger, then you may not have ended up in the same spot. And then you would be in that spot and you would say, oh, I wish I told this to my younger self. And then you would end up in a different spot. (laughs) So it's all going to be different. There's not one path. Chasing your tail. That's just chasing your tail and not being happy with where you're at. The answer to that question always comes back to what do I know now that I wish I knew Mm -hmm. earlier? But then again, that's going to change your whole trajectory. You're going to learn something new later on. Like you're always learning. Mm -hmm. So there's really no point to it. So the future, what's in store is looking at oneself first. How well do you know yourself? Because you can't be planning your future if you really don't know what you're using to create your future. If you don't know yourself well enough, you really can't plan your future because that seems like you're going to collide with the unknowns. Give me a big dream want, not something you can plan for, per se, except to put the ball in motion, because that's all we can do. We can only start it. But once it's out there beyond your brain, you've engaged the world and now that's organic and there's no knowns. Like making a wish, but a wish that want to live by. I think the whole topic of this episode, like I want to be able to let go in order to feel fulfilled and just be. Mm. which I think is really hard to do, especially when you're trying to make money to live the life that you want to have. I think that I haven't been able to let go in the past like five, 10 years because it has been like, okay, let's plan, let's do this, let's get going. But that has worked to your advantage, which is great. It's not a negative and it's not like a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It worked for you, putting your head down and powering through worked for you, got you to where you wanted to be right now. Right. And is beneficial in a lot of ways and will be. But I think big picture, how do I get to a point where I can just be okay with more of that organic ebb and flow of life and let go of the need to plan 
like just getting to a point where that's just the norm. A daily existence. Yeah. You don't have to think about it anymore. It just becomes second nature to you. Right. And natural. Yeah. And you know what to do in it. Mm -hmm. Mm. Although I have kidded about Americana Thanksgiving and the foods we had to endure growing up as kids that were basically all the dishes in the 50s that no longer exist, except the basic turkey, maybe pumpkin pie. We are actually hosting Thanksgiving this year for the first time. This is the first time that I actually stayed in the moment, but we're not having turkey. We're having prime rib. And apparently we should have invited y'all to come to Thanksgiving dinner because our prime rib is huge, way too big. We should have followed the butcher's orders, but no, we thought we knew better. So I hope you're all gathering in peace and solidarity, comfort with your family, your friends, just to relax, recharge, take care of yourself. We're grateful for you. I am forever grateful in having Olivia Jesse join us. Thank you very, very much for taking time to come here and be our first guest. Really powerful co-host. Oh, yeah. Definitely coming back as co-host. Yes. I think there's going to be a huge bump in the subscribers after (laughs) this. For sure. Maybe at Christmas. But then you'd have to perform because it is a singing time of year. I had so much fun. (laughs) Step into your truth, ladies. Ciao. Really appreciate the time we take to rate and review the podcast. Get the backstory and what you've heard here today and reach out to us at thelinks.com. That's L-N-X-X. Because it's about time, it's about us. Stay in the groove on our social media at LifeLinks and get ready to make your move, ladies. Viva!